Yeah. So I've listened to it three times. I think that's the last time that we're going to get it this morning. I still don't understand the piano in the dark part. I've de- I've decoded the rest of it. Somebody help me out. You you are the uh, R and B guy. You know what? I actually thought I understood it. <laughs> And then I listened back into it. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell Morales is talking he about. He dropped Emily. He dropped it in the other day, just out of the blue on something. He's like, yeah, I just felt like doing it, and now it's become a part of the show. But it connects to nothing. I don't quite get it. I thought for a second that it was a Boogie Nights reference, and I'm like, oh, I'm sure I get that. I've seen Boogie Nights so many times. And then I really started thinking about Boogie Nights. I'm like, no, it's not a Boogie Nights reference. I don't know what he's talking about. The best scene in Boogie Nights is the oh god, there's so many. there's there's like. There's many, many. Good Ultimately, choices. the best answer, is, the best scene is the fireworks one. Yes, the one right. with Alfred Molina, where they go to rob the drug dealer. They go to rob the drug dealer, and Alfred Molina is so incredible as this cracked out, rich guy who you know he's a big dealer in the valley. And the greatest thing about that scene, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it before, the the scarier that it gets. Because it starts getting really intense. Like, you know this is going to go bad the funnier it gets. Yes. And that's really hard to pull off. That's a great scene. And the other pool scene at the beginning is obviously an all-timer. But I really kind of do – your answer, I think, is the right one. But when when Amber's documentary is finished (laughs) – I think that's my favorite part, where he's strung out and he's talking to the camera like he's Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. Oh, it's I, well that whole montage of what they're doing after you know the band kind of breaks up the the porn band, <laughs> as it were. Yes, the whole movie's fantastic, but that, that scene though, the Alfred Molina buying drugs scene. It, I mean, it's one of the greatest one-scene roles That's right. Ever. It's his only scene. Yeah. yeah. It's the only time Alfred Molina's in the movie. He's unbelievable. Every time one of those firecrackers goes off, you jump, too. Yeah. You, you, oh, you've but seen again, it a hundred times. The more tense. <laughs> ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Right now, uh, Andy, it's time for today's Stat Hero of the Day, and it's Staples Center. It opened way back in 1999. It's hosted seven NBA final series with the Lakers, the 20 and uh, 2012-2014 Stanley Cup finals with the Kings, three WNBA finals with the Sparks. That building in was it 21, two years old right now? So Something like 22. That, yeah. The the opening season for the Lakers and for everybody in Staples Center was 99-2000. A lot of championships in that building. Yeah. I mean, take all the other non-sports stuff out of there. Just the Lakers won titles. The Kings won two cups. The Sparks have won multiple championships. Pretty remarkable that that amount of success has been in one spot. Yeah. I mean, that is why, in part, a lot of fans are upset over this. Just the idea of the history changing at all. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710 ESPN for a 100% deposit match. So this is what you just said. I don't get that. I understand having an affinity for the place. I get it. Like for me, we talked about this earlier. My first memories of the Lakers were when they were at the Forum. And there's it's magic and it's worthy and it's Kareem and that incredible run Byron and all, all those guys and when they moved to Staples Center it was ah oh, it's too bad the Forum's not going to be home to Laker basketball anymore I, that's kind of a drag you didn't know anything about Staples Center what it was going to be obviously newer nicer all those things but it didn't mean that well magic you know I'm never going to be able to remember magic again it, it, this is even less than that because all they did was take a giant eraser and go. Ee! 
No more staples and write crypto.com arena on the front of the place. What difference does it make? Well, it's about the connection points, though, and like what you remember, the sense memory of it, the visualizations. Like the forum, everything remains unchanged in terms of your memories with it. They just go to a different but building. But none of the memories are based on the fact that staples was died into the ice. No, but but you remember though staples. You remember seeing it. You remember staples on that floor. You remember the staples signage. You remember being inside Staples Center and a particular vibe. And you are correct that it doesn't it doesn't radically change, but it does change in some ways and you know the way that you feel about it moving forward, I think changes for a lot of people. Like there again, the just the specific connection points. Like for example, uh, this game tonight against the Spurs, mm-hmm. uh, the last one inside Staples Center, um, we're seeing reports now uh, Trevor Ariza is going to be unavailable. He is now in the COVID protocols. Get in line, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great. He just got back. He's played two <laughs> games, and now he's in the protocol. Actually played pretty well, too. Yes, he did yeah. play pretty well. I, I was actually something we talked about in the Locked on Lakers podcast that my brother and I uh, co-host Monday through Friday. Fresh content. Plug. Um, Big they, fan of the Locked on Network. Yeah. Trevor... Um, we were wondering if he should be moved into the starting lineup. Now, that is a moot point. But when you think about connection points, Trevor is the only guy on this team that you can directly connect to a championship at Staples Center with yeah. that group because the 2020 thing in the was bubble. in the bubble. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for little connection points, like little things that fans care about with history, Trevor tonight would have provided just a little bit of nostalgia with that. Like he was the one guy that was a part of championship runs that specifically took place inside Staples Center you don't have that yeah I, I I understand what you're saying I just don't feel it in any way it just it's it's a different name and I I, I remember Shaq winning titles I remember Kobe winning titles and I have fond memories of those teams but that doesn't feel any different tomorrow or I guess it would be on Christmas Day where it happened today well, you're, just, you're not going to feel any different about what they did. What yeah. they did stays exactly the same. But just in terms of the, the things that you have for your memories and the continual reminders of them, and I think in a lot of ways this is very specific to Kobe because n- more than anybody else, Kobe was Staples Center. Sure. Like no Kobe question. was the guy that put Staples Center on the map more than any other singular person. And, and I do think with Kobe being gone, like for a lot of fans, changing that floor that you associate so many different great moments, 81, the 60-point finale, the championships, changing that floor that Kobe was on to something different feels a little bit like an erasure of Kobe. And at a time when you want to remember everything with him, you are, you are keeping those memories as fresh and vital as you can, that type of change, again, it feels like erasure. Even if you want to argue it shouldn't, I think for a lot of fans it does. Let's try a phone call here. Dr. Pepper call in line, Bellflower and Trent. Trent, you're on with Travis and Andy. What's going on, Trent? Hello. Um, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to comment on the name change. I think a lot of times we get caught up on being nostalgic um, because the form is exactly the house that Magic and Kareem built. And the Staples Center can be called the house that Kobe and Shaq built. Now, these um, Lakers here, they, if they can win a championship this year, starting on um, tonight and continue on Christmas, it can be the house that LeBron and AD built. It's an, it's an interesting one. Yeah, go ahead, Trent. I'm sorry. Why not look at it like that? Because 
records are meant to be broken, and history is intended to be established. Yeah, so he brings up an issue. But I don't mean to cut you off, Trent, but I want to make sure we have enough time to, to talk about what you said. Um, it's interesting, but that building, regardless of name, it, Shaq, Kobe, and the, the Kings, and, and if you know, WNBA fan, the Sparks, they built that building. LeBron and AD are occupants of it at the moment, but the, the building of it was with those previous guys. Right, but it's all about association, though. Like, you're, yes. you are never going to say that Crypto.com Arena is the house that Kobe and Shaq built because they— Not like that. Right, but yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. with that phrase, you know, with that expression, the house that blank built, that's not Crypto.com because those guys played no role in it. Even if it's the same building, it's not called the same thing. Maybe there would be more anticipation if it felt like this team— was on the verge of winning a championship. That's interesting. You that, might feel a little bit more excitement about the idea of putting that brand new stamp right away, similar to how the Lakers won a championship their first three seasons inside Staples Center. Yeah, I remember that at the time. Like, wow, this is a hell of a way to break the place yeah. in. This, this, yeah. this is really a very quick way because I, I'm not going to lie. When they left the forum – it wasn't – I didn't feel quite like I'm hearing other people tweet about and, and, and talk about. But it was it, – there was a moment of, ah, oh, it's too bad. I really like the form. It was it was kind of those things. But then you go into Staples Center, and again, 21 or 22 years ago, it's like, well, yeah, this is better. And then they won right away. It's like, oh, no, the Lakers belong in here. They've already hung their own banners. All of that stuff did accelerate that process. Okay, here's a big difference, though, in terms of what you're talking about, that shift from form to Staples versus – staples to crypto.com that could make some laker fans even the ones attached to the forum feel like all right maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world you knew that staples was in a lot of ways an upgrade because the forum while really fun historic it was old yeah it was old it it need it needed a facelift that it wasn't going to get so you end up moving to a different building this, you're not getting any type of upgrade unless you really want to get in on the crypto boom now. Like, there's <laughs> no like upgrade. I, I had a chance. Right. <laughs> but, like, there's no upgrade in terms of the building changing names. It's like the worst of all worlds for a lot of Laker fans. You're getting none of the nostalgia, but also none of the perks. <laughs> like, it's very like, true. Like, for, for a fan, what's the upshot to crypto.com? I, fun to say, weird to say. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I do not have an answer for that. I like. I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. Uh, I want to get into this next. The idea of if they were able to put a championship in there as Crypto.com. That feels as far away with this group as it has, arguably at any point. So, what happens after that? What is the future after this season? That's next. It's Travis and Andy, seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is going to make, add it to the list of reasons I'm a bad guy. Never really felt the peanuts, even as a kid. Really? No. No, no. soul. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy, Dodger Dude 88 requested this song. So yeah, no, look, I, I get it. I, I'm, I understand I'm in the minority here, but. Eh. Vince Garaldi? You don't vibe with this song This is even? so great. Eh. I'm, just, I'm not saying the music is the music. I know 
iconic. The second you hear it, you know it's the Peanuts. I, under, I understand. I just, I'm saying, Lucy, bad guy. Charlie, kind of a loser. <laughs> you know, Pigpen is gross. Um, Linus is kind of just a soft, you know, weak, little, ineffective guy. I, uh, Sally's just kind of there. Peppermint Patty's a bully. They're just, you know, eh. I mean, you can cling to Franklin. He's not really. Franklin do- seems okay. Schroeder seems okay. Yeah. Schroeder plays the piano. Snoopy? Yeah. Snoopy. Yes. Snoopy. I feel like he was on psychedelics. <laughs> he, he was. He was always imagining probably, like, being I mean, the Red Baron or something like. Not that. going too far down this rabbit hole. His brother uh, Spike lived in the. Oh, des- Spike was the leather jacket version of well, Snoopy. He, no, no. He, he sort of like a desert drifter. I'm not making this up. It's true. Oh, I would have been into Spike. I don't know well, Spike. Well, Spike was out in the desert, and if you think that Snoopy was into psychedelics, <laughs> we may have landed on his- IRS Thompson version of Snoopy. Saying we may have landed on his connect. <laughs> hey, I mean, it all It all kind of fits together. Um, Jorge, you should come around more, not only because I enjoy your company, but the uh, bag of pastries that uh, you brought in this morning. Oh, My man, goodness. Man. I do not tell me where that bakery is, or I'm going to weigh <laughs> Every day, a yeah. lot more vote than I already Jorge. do. Vote for Jorge. That's yeah. what you, you already had my vote, but now I'm going to stuff go. the ballot box on, yeah. on your back. Some good stuff, it man. It really was. It was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, a little breaking news, Andy. The Rams uh, have announced that running back Cam Akers has been designated for return. Um, that's he. First of all, Emily told me this a minute ago. He hurt himself like six months ago. It feels like 10 years ago that this happened. Um, it's been a weird year for a variety of reasons. But he's really good. And, and Sony Michelle has been, thank goodness they picked him up during the offseason. Daryl Henderson I like, but I don't think he's a terribly durable guy. If, if Cam Akers comes back and is even 80% of what he was towards the end of last season, that's a whole other weapon for the Rams. He's a really explosive guy. Yeah. I mean, he's really talented. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like You and I were actually talking off-air uh, during one of the segments about how the Rams in the McVay era and you know the last few years where their offense hasn't been what it was at its absolute peak and like wondering yeah. how did this happen like what's gone wrong and like this year you know they've won a few games in a row of late but that that offense still hasn't looked like it's explosive in a lot of different ways in a lot of ways it feels like what did Cooper Cup do mm-hmm. and if Cup if Cup is able to go off the offense goes with him for all the talk about Stafford versus Goff and Stafford was obviously an upgrade and for all the talk about McVeigh's schemes and play calling, is he a genius, blah, 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 they have never been the same since Todd Gurley at his peak. I think that's a really good observation. I think there's a second part of it as well. Breaking news on 710 is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com, I should say, for locations and coupons today. Yes to the Todd Gurley. Yes. The other part is Sean McVeigh was new. Mm-hmm. That that was a big part of it too. That Sean McVay had, I mean, been a coordinator in in Washington, so there was some idea of what he may put in because he, you know, put a couple of things in Washington on film. But Sean McVay, head coach, Sean McVay having full control of his own shop was new. I think that's part of it too. Now we're Sean McVay year five. There's a lot more understanding. Look, these guys are good coaches on the other places too. They study, they go to mm-hmm. school, and Sean McVay does. I'm quoting him here, not perfectly, but close enough. They don't do a million different things. They only do a handful of things and disguise it in a lot of different ways. If you can crack the disguise, it's going to look a little different. Along those lines, there may be no better guy, at least during that period, to help you disguise what you're doing 
than Gurley because Gurley could be a part of everything. If you were running the ball, if you were passing the ball, if you're doing those sweeps, whatever. Todd Gurley is a good blocker. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Gurley was a member of all of it. It, it, Okay. I'm going to be a bad guy here again. In the spirit (laughs) of the season, let me be a bad guy. As opposed Uh, to what? How bad of a football coach was Jeff Fisher? How how do you turn Todd Gurley into a non-factor? How how, how do you have that? Well, if I may, uh, similar to what you're doing before, paraphrase (laughs) Todd Gurley, run like a fourth grade offense. (laughs) Exactly. That. When that they, was his assessment of Jeff came, Fisher. When they came from um, St. Louis, and you knew, okay, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. He's that guy. And Todd Gurley is a really nice NFL back. I think his second year in the league was the, his first year here in Los Angeles, I think, if I'm going by memory. And we're hearing all these, oh, Todd Gurley. And you watch him, you're like, yeah, he's okay. He's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. And then you'd see a little flash, yeah, that looks pretty good, but he can't get going. And then all of a sudden, you get a coach that has a real offensive philosophy, and Todd Gurley's an MVP candidate. Yeah. I mean, instantly. And th- when he first came, the conversation was, well, we don't know if he can do it because Todd Gurley, we don't know if he can catch or not. They never threw Todd Gurley the ball. Look at look at him go. The, it's funny you say that. I remember because, you know, we covered the Rams. We were there for that transition, all that stuff. And the Rams got off to this great start under McVay and started looking different under McVay in ways that we never saw with Fisher. And I remember specifically looking up some numbers and realizing that like three games in, Todd Gurley had already caught more passes in three years than he did the entire previous season. Yeah. Like it it doesn't take a genius to rececognize like, okay, you've got this incredibly talented guy. I don't know, use him more. Do more with it. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) I'm going to need – you want to use your better players more? Are you sure? I'm going to need to see the research. I mean, look. To use the good players more often than the non-good players. I'm not an expert on raising a team past some 7-9 and BS. (laughs) Which they didn't get to. (laughs) 12 No, they did not. But (laughs) I mean, like, I remember just being like, Nightingale, like, why are they not using this dude? Okay. Uh, Travis Lee is brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. So with this in mind, the the NFL, I I truly believe you need to have good players like you're talking about. You need to have the right quarterback, all these things. The number one thing you need to get right is that dude with the headset. If that's right, everything else we can work with. Okay, If the guy with the headset doesn't know what he's doing, it doesn't matter. You, You cannot get out of your own way. The NBA is the opposite. Okay, I think you you have to have the horses. If you don't have the horses, it doesn't really. Greg Popovich didn't forget how to coach. It's just that he doesn't have yeah. Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Tony Parker and Ginobili and all these guys. So you need the horses. With that in mind, this Laker team, let's kind of put a pin in it for a second. Anthony Davis's season this season. LeBron James is in year 19. Last Next year, year 20, is the final year of that Laker contract. With Anthony Davis as, air quotes, the guy moving forward, how are you feeling about that, Laker fans? I mean, how are you feeling about the very near future of our team's best player is going to be Anthony Davis? Because if we ask that question coming out of the bubble, let's go. Yeah, hell yeah. Who else would you rather have? Maybe Giannis, maybe Kid. Okay, fine, but he's on the short list of guys you want. Now, I mean, what, what we were talking about, you got to go find another guy that's going to make sure that AD can be the best second banana in the league? That's not easy to do either. It, it, it turned like that. Yeah. I mean, he is still a really great player. Like, let's make sure people understand this. Anthony Davis is still an elite player in this league. But there is a difference between even the elite players and the guys that you can truly build around as a focal point. Mm -hmm. And there aren't many of them to begin with. There's less than 10. Yeah. 
I mean, like in in the league right now, you got LeBron, you got Steph, you've got Kevin Giannis. Durant, you got Giannis, KD. you got Jokic, Embiid. And if if Embiid could stay yeah. healthy, I mean, there's yeah. some of the same stuff Luka. going on. Yeah, Luca. Like it's a short handful. That, that, by the way, of that's, guys. that's seven. Right. It's a short Kawhi when Kawhi is right. Although that's increasingly becoming less often, mm-hmm. but he's at least shown that he could be that guy. He can never get healthy again. But it is a small handful of players. And Anthony Davis not only looked like he was going to be that guy coming out of the bubble, the Lakers traded for him mm-hmm. like he would be and that guy. And emptied the cupboard to get him. Yes. I mean, forget emptied the cupboard. They traded an entire roster yeah. for him. Like Other than Kyle Kuzma, and I guess if you want to consider Alex Caruso, Caruso. who was sort of with the team then, mm-hmm. They traded ever like they traded the Isak Bongas of the world <laughs> to make sure that they, you know, the Mo Wagners of the world yeah. to make sure that they had every last penny for that max deal. You don't do that just to give LeBron a running mate, like you know, uh, the Pau Gasol to his Kobe. Obviously, and, and I think AD is better than Pau was, like in terms of overall skill, overall talent. Certainly, both sides of the ball as great as Pau was. Anthony Davis is has shown at his best to be a shade above Powell. But the difference is the Lakers never traded for Powell to be the next guy. Right. You know, they the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis to be the to be LeBron's running mate now, but also the guy in the future. We thought he was both. Yeah. We, we, we thought that he okay, come in here and be the best second guy in the league, which he was. Yeah. And they won a championship for. And then when it's time for LeBron to move on, whenever that is you just slide right into that role, or even more ideally, Andy. And this is the part that I think, for me, I think a lot of Laker fans would agree with this. We start to see the transition take place, right? We start that there are far more nights where Anthony Davis is your best player than LeBron James is yeah. your best player. And that's no disrespect to LeBron. It's that That's what we thought of Anthony Davis. Nobody expected LeBron to show up gassed one year. That's not how he's going to roll. His his decline, as we're starting to see, is very subtle. And very, it, and it's relative to only to his own greatness. He's still one of the best but players. But it's real. Of course it is. He's played 19 seasons for right, but, but it matters, though, that it's real. It, of course it is. But you would have thought that as he starts that, Anthony Davis, there's no ceremony. There's no, you know, hey, you're, I'm the guy now. There's no announcement in, in, online. It's just, <laughs> hey, look, you know it. I know it. The league knows it. I'm the best player on this team. Now, LeBron still carries all the cachet of being LeBron James. He's probably the first locker you stop at after every game. He's the guy that's on the pro, all those things. But we know it's not unlike Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron in Miami. Yeah. It was very clear LeBron was a better player than Dwayne Wade at that point. Nothing had to be said. It just happened. The opposite of that is happening here. Anthony Davis is going the wrong way. Instead of ascending past LeBron as LeBron is descending, he's racing him the other way. Well, I mean, all the concerns that, as as excited as everybody was to have Anthony Davis traded to the Lakers and, and to bring that guy into the fold, the concerns that were there with Anthony Davis in terms of injury history, like can, you know, what can he physically hold up to do? And I, I don't want to call guys soft because I just think it's – these guys go through a lot that people don't realize. I'm and this stuff that. is really hard. Your availability. Right. Your availability. How yeah. can can you stay on the court? Forget whether or not you can play through this stuff or not. Just are you there or not? Right. And then the idea of Anthony Davis is really good. But what we saw as the focal point in New Orleans, he only had one really good playoff run. How much of that was just supporting cast, the 
Hornets slash Pelicans being a completely dysfunctional franchise like the NBA in New Orleans thing just doesn't happen, just hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. How much of that is Anthony Davis is really good. He's a great player, but he's not in that small handful. I think that's the question, and I think we have the answer, but it's different than the answer we would have given in a relatively short period of time. That part doesn't – we don't go from – because – if we're, you know what, let's do this. Let's continue this conversation about where the Lakers go from here after this season, at the after the LeBron James portion of this is. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, and he's in for Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. More mariachi, Andy. There you go, man. Works for me. I don't mind this one. See, this is up. This makes me feel better. This makes me feel like uh, getting excited to have a glass of wine, hang out with the family. This is good. This proves my original statement. Mariachi band will make any song better. Their cover will be better than the original. Sorry, this is better than Jingle Bells. I wish I could tell you the song. I'm gonna. I, I can't forget. And I don't even. I, I knew the song. I don't know the name of the song. I knew it was a Tupac song. And the Rams Mariachis played it at SoFi. California and it was Love. California. Yeah. There you go. It was fantastic. I've heard that before. It's amazing. It's terrific. Yes. You're right. Again, I'm, I'm, Cali- a mariachi band, will their cover will be better <laughs> than the original. It's similar right. to like, like in the 60s and 70s. Every time an R&B band or like an R&B singer, you know, like the Barry Whites, the Marvin Gaye's of the world, you know, the Funkadelics of the world, the James Browns of the world, every time they redid a song, better. better. Yeah. You're making a strong case. Yes. You make a strong case. All right, back to AD for a second because I, I'm i sure there's an example of it. I can't come up with it off the top of my head. When was the last time we had near unanimous consensus that, no, 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 they, they the Lakers did the thing that's impossible to do. They've helped themselves in the short term with the trade to get Anthony Davis and simultaneously have set themselves up for long-term success because Anthony Davis is going to be the guy moving forward. And then they immediately go and they win a championship, and it's like, perfect. Fast forward, last year I'm willing to kind of flush because of all the short offseason, he was hurt, all, all the things that we all know. This season, not so much. They had a nice, long, healthy offseason. They, they had, a, obviously, a very marquee acquisition in Russell Westbrook. LeBron James is still playing at a very high level. And not only has he not continued his trajectory, but like we were talking, like I mentioned a minute ago, the universal yes, you got the right guy is almost a universal no, you don't have the right guy now. It's not, it hasn't even dropped into that middle zone. Nah, I think we're going to be okay. It's dropped all the way to the other side. What, how did that happen? That I mean, fast? it's a tricky thing because Anthony Davis is not playing badly. Like he's not, he's not having, he's statistically, having, he's his year is about what you would expect. Right. Anthony Davis is playing well when he is available. Unfortunately, the injury issues and, that's part of the evaluation it is. of the season. It is. The issue isn't so much that Anthony Davis is like, 
like a false, you know, uh, what is it, a bill of good, false bill of goods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of who he is. He is a great player. Yes. It's not like they got a guy who had just one awesome season no. and then regressed into a sub-all-star caliber guy. He's an all-star guy. The Laker fans, and I think the Laker organization, was hoping that they were getting a true cornerstone, like mm-hmm. the guy that you build around moving forward. And it is becoming for a variety of reasons, on the court, availability, temperamental stuff, whatever, it's becoming difficult to believe that you've got that guy moving forward. I'm glad you brought up temperamental because I think there's a million different words for what we're talking about there. Because you're right. If you just go to basketballreference.com and look at Anthony Davis's stats, you would say, he's doing fine. He's having a good year. He's averaging X amount of points, rebounds, blocks, all all the things that he does. But if you watch the Lakers night after night after night, the way that we all do, there are entire games, much less moments in games. There are weeks that you go by that he has zero impact in the way that LeBron James does, that Steph Curry does, that Kevin Durant and Giannis and Embiid and Jokic and, and Luka. And, and, and I get it. That's a very high bar to get into, but he was in there. Yeah. And, and, and now all of a sudden, it's not he never got there. It's you were in the club, and now – you're not. And, and I don't know, is it temperament? Is it just, is there something in the universe that's just not lining up quite right for him? Because his impact on the game, night in and night out, is nowhere near what it needs to well, be. Well, I mean, one thing, and I, I'd never really thought about this before, it just popped into my head, but the last few seasons have been bizarre because of to everything that's least. gone on with the, with the pandemic. You're now going into your third season basically in a two-year calendar. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis is somebody that health was always an issue. You were always worried about like the physical stamina to get through an entire 82-game season under normal circumstances. Like I remember last season, I thought, you know, the thing you had to worry about with the short offseason after winning the championship was LeBron. And, you know, LeBron even made that joke with Barack Obama that he was going to be cherry picking the first half of the season mm-hmm. and that he was going to let Anthony Davis carry everything. And it felt like it was the perfect setup for that transition we talked about before where you start slowly seeing Anthony Davis becoming the guy. It seemed like the perfect stage for that. As it turned out, in retrospect, the guy who suffered much more for that short offseason was Anthony Davis. And, you know, there are reasons that it could be like he had never really been on a long playoff run like that before. It is physically and mentally taxing, something that LeBron is used to. LeBron is on a different level in terms of just – being a physical specimen, but also just knowing his body, the regiments, the you know the million dollars a year that he puts, all the, all that different stuff. As it turns out, LeBron was actually better prepared for it than Anthony Davis. I wonder if some of this stuff is just piling up on him, on top of the other weird stuff that's gone on this season, and his role changing a little bit with Russell Westbrook being in there, playing more center, all these different things. Or if it's just a question of, look, he had a bubble run for the ages where he was legit fantastic. That's what I've mentioned to Slee a couple of times. Like th- this idea that that's the guy. No, 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 no. The guy is the guy you're seeing right now. The outlier was the bubble guy. Then it was the best kind of outlier because he went to a totally different level in the right way. But you're, the point you made earlier, I think, is a great one. It's the same thing I've mentioned about Ben Simmons when he was at LSU. How much are you winning? How how much if you're the team's best player? How often do you win? And Anthony Davis at college, obviously Kentucky. I think they won every game but the final game. And he came in. But in the NBA, if I have the best player on the floor on any given night, I got a pretty good chance of winning. 
Not always, but I got a pretty good chance of winning. And Anthony Davis, more often than not, was the best player on the floor. They didn't win a ton. And and now, you know, Ben Simmons is the only They didn't even get into the tournament at LSU. And he's got Embiid, so he's not the best player. But we see his limitations are on full display. Anthony Davis clearly doesn't have limitations like that. But there is this sense of there are guys that are very comfortable with all of it on their – Steph Curry is entirely comfortable with everything that comes along with, if we win tonight, it's because of you. If we lose tonight, it's because of you. LeBron's comfortable with that. KD's comfortable with that. Giannis grew into that for sure. I think Luka's comfortable with it, even though he's you know basically a child. Um, I don't think KD's comfortable with that. I think he wants to be. I think he, he, he says the right words, but his actions and his play don't demonstrate that I'm comfortable with what comes along with being the best player on a championship team. I mean, it's hard to know for sure because he's – Personality-wise, he doesn't have the the type of presence that you have from LeBron or really even Russell Westbrook. No. Like, th- those are guys that you feel, like, in the room, on the court. Like, Russell Westbrook, for better and for worse. No argument for me. You're going to know that dude's there. For sure. And, you know, Ru- Russell Westbrook is another guy that does not care what you put on him in terms of expectations, no. in terms of, ex- you know, external pressure, whatever. Doesn't care. Like, Russell Westbrook is in the small group of athletes who truly does not care what you think about him. Agreed. I don't know if Anthony Davis cares what you think about him, and therefore the pressure is building up. I don't. I think it may just be more of personality type. He's not like a – he's not like grab you by the you-know-what and push you through, the, like, all that stuff. He's not that. Well, again, it, I think we're being – not you – generally speaking, it's unfair to say, well, why can't you be like Kobe? Why can't you right. be like LeBron? Because nobody is. Right. They're, 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 if you have two or three of those in the league at the same time, consider yourself lucky. When you had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson at the same time, Jordan at the same time, then, yeah, the, you need to find. But right now, there there just aren't a ton of those guys that are comfortable in that lane or that even have that gear. And this is something that, that Al and I go around and around on. This idea, well, he can learn it. No, I, I really, truly don't think you can. I think you either are or you aren't. And, and I'll use Kobe as the example. Kobe showed up in the NBA as a as a boy. He, you know, he was fresh out of high school, but there was this sense of you all don't get it. I get it. You, you're gonna you're gonna come to the realization of what I am eventually. But I'm here already. He didn't grow into what he became. He was. We caught up to him. Yeah, I mean, Kobe Kobe grew into the leader that he became because he came to Kobe came to realize as hard as he drove guys. And, you know, I covered the second half of his career. I was around that team all the time. Kobe was incredibly demanding and sure. by his own admission, not easy to play with at all. Like Kobe would describe himself as the bleep hole that other people yeah. did as well. He mm-hmm. didn't shy about that. And he and I think he learned how to adjust that and tailor it to guys and like understand the value of I got to actually understand my teammates. Like I I do have to treat that, them that, like but Andy, people. But is that not just a little bit different? But I was going to say yeah. it's different though in the sense that that's building on a foundation of what's already there. Right. And ultimately Kobe was built as the Everybody jump on my back. You may not like this ride. Right. Ride ain't going to be That's for everybody. It. That's it right and there. And I'll tell you right now, you're either going to ride this ride or get the bleep out of the That's way. That's it right there. But either way, he was comfortable with that. A- Anthony Davis, I think, takes all of this really seriously. Of the big three, he was the only guy who seemed to care about the preseason at all. Yeah. And I think he came into it with the idea of, I had a disappointing 2021 season. I owe 
everybody, fans, the organization, myself better. But there, there is an extra level of this stuff that for a lot of different reasons, some of which are out of his control, like health, like being able to build on all this stuff. I, even 100% healthy, though, I wonder. Because the yeah. Kobe thing, you're right, he had to polish it and tweak what was in there to, to better serve himself and his team. With AD, we're asking to build it inside of there. And, yeah. and it's not a competitive thing. It's not a, It's a leadership thing. Some people are just naturally born to be in a leadership position. He, and, and it doesn't feel like he is. This is something Brian and I talk about with Anthony Davis during games. And there's, there's a bit of a comparison to Powell in that Anthony Davis is a rule follower during games. Like Anthony Davis plays his role, I think, to a T. He follows the game book exactly down to the letter. And that's great, and you, you need everybody on the same page. But sometimes you got to be willing to throw out the script and say, you know what, I'm taking this thing over. And, you know, Kobe used to do that all the time. LeBron will do that all the time. Great players do that all the time. You don't feel like Anthony Davis is just saying, screw this, get out of my way. Because I can I can promise you, LeBron and Westbrook will let it happen. Of course, they're hoping it does yes, happen. Th- this is not a matter of LeBron's ego or Russell Westbrook's stubbornness getting in the way i can promise you that the dump is coming up next it's travin slee andy's in for slee on 710 espn how about this andy there is a bar is it new york city emily is where this bar is is that where uh we have it where there's one in la and it is also in new york okay city. so there's one here so maybe we can go try this out see what we think um the price of the drinks works like a stock market so if, if things are popular at the moment, they become more expensive, where the things that are less popular become less expensive. So, for instance, let's just say that beer is the thing of the night. Everybody wants to have a beer. The price of beer keeps crawling, but you're a whiskey man, and all of a sudden whiskey is getting more and more affordable. This might be the greatest idea I've ever said because I don't really care. I just, I'll just go with whatever whatever's in decline. I want that stock. I don't well, I don't totally understand how the market works, you know, I mean I've got some I've got some money tied up in the market and that, but the truth is I let the experts handle it for me, the guy that I pays. Right. But I got to find a way I got to find a way to short sell the top shelf tequila. <laughs> like is there a scheme that you can do like a like a big short type there thing? There you go. I like with, it. With like the really Flood good the market tequila. with yes. very expensive tequila and then just let it go from there. Yeah, I mean again, I don't know exactly how all of this stuff works, but <laughs> This feels like a really cut-rate scam waiting to happen. All right. On this day in 1972, Franco Harris, the infamous immaculate reception against the Raiders in the playoffs. They were the Oakland Raiders at the time. Um, You have to be a certain age to know that, I think, as it was happening, but you still see it on TV every year. Every year we're going to replay the immaculate reception. I don't know if we could have that again because part of the reason that that still lives the way it does, there were only, I don't know, X amount of cameras at that game. There is no angle that shows that it did or didn't hit the ground. That's what kept that thing alive till now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the Zapruder film. It, like, that's like, all we got. Yeah. If this had happened with JFK now, too many cameras, too many cell phones. <laughs> yeah, out. we'd know. Oh, him. We, we yeah. would absolutely <laughs> That know. guy. Yes. Don't look at the book depository. Absolutely. Him, like, so, somebody would have blown open the whole JFK thing on TikTok. <laughs> Well, they solved uh, the uh, the Dodger, or I should say the Astro pitching scandal on Twitter. I think, think John Boy is the one that ultimately cracked the trash can. Yes, code. Who knows, exactly. Right? I mean, there's a, there are too many cell phones out now, which I, I mean, I guess <laughs> we were talking about JFK might be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but still. We like, might feel differently about some, <laughs> some things that are going on. Um, on this day in 2007, 
MSG against the Knicks. Kobe Bryant became the youngest player in the, at the time to reach 20,000 points. He was just a little bit over 29 years old. The, Raider, the, the record later eclipsed by LeBron James in 2013. I really... It's one of the few things about Kobe's career and LeBron's career that we just never got. We never got to see those two guys play for a title against one another. The puppets lied to us. Remember like two or three years, those Nike puppets setting up for this big clash? And the puppets lied, man. They were damn liars. Well, the Spurs got involved, and unfortunately they were in the way too many times. When the Lakers got through, LeBron and the Cavs didn't live up to their end of the bargain. By the time the Heat got really good, the Lakers weren't very good. Just no, nothing ever lined up. I know. I, I We wanted it. So, and it's funny, too, because La- Laker fans, I know there were a lot of Laker fans and Kobe fans that had resentment towards LeBron, specifically because of that buildup. Because in their minds, a lot of people elevated LeBron to a place that Kobe already was without having earned it, like he had somehow taken out Kobe. I will never understand that. That That's one that, much like the Staples Crypto.com thing that we were talking about, like, I, I don't understand. LeBron's greatness does not diminish anything that Kobe Bryant has accomplished. Not, not. not one single thing, but boy, if that doesn't hang in the air every time you talk about LeBron James, especially LeBron James as a member of the Lakers. Yes. Well, again, I mean, that that resentment was there because a lot of them felt like LeBron was elevated to a place that Kobe had already reached without really having earned it at Kobe's expense, and that sat badly with a lot of Laker fans. I feel like it still does. Andy, thank you so much for uh, fun, filling man. in for Slee. It was fun. Is Slee coming back uh, next next week, or is he just going to take the rest of the, the year? It's next a lot year of me off. and DeMarco you know, next week. A lot of you and DeMarco. I look forward to, to listening to that. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a very happy New Year. Go Rams, go Lakers. Slee and I will be back right after the first of the year. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.